What's going on, Bench Warmers? Welcome back to the far end of the bench, episode 41. We are on the Dirk Nowitzki episode, man. We are rolling straight through. We are at FEOTV Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can check us out on ColorCast, which you can follow us there now, far end of the bench, um, at FEOTV Pod, I believe, there as well. Uh, we have lots of great stuff to talk about this episode. We got playoffs. It's playoffs, baby. Playoffs? Playoffs. playoffs, yeah, playoffs, yeah, we got playoffs. Avs and Nuggets both starting this week. Avalanche already, obviously, already started, so we, we recapped Game One, and then the Nuggets start on Saturday, so we gave you a little bit of a, a preview to what's going to be happening this weekend, as well as a bunch of other um, news around both the NHL and NBA. That's what's going to be the focus about on our podcast for the next month and a half. I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, lots of good stuff. Check check out all of our um, our link tree for all of our uh, sponsors. You can check out Fanatics link. Go to go to uh, High Alpine Brewing. Um, lots of good stuff there. It's a jam packed episode. Uh, let's let's get into it, Jimmy. I don't know about you, but my wardrobe is gonna be looking very very similar to a, the, the, every other day the rest of this month. Yes, it's gonna be very similar and it's gonna be very stinky because you don't wash lucky jerseys. Oh no, you gotta be superstitious. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little superstitious. <laughs> This episode of the Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics.com. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is finally here. The playoffs are finally upon us. The it's playoff the beards are, here. are looking greasy. We're, we're getting a lot of fights. People are f- sick of each other. That's just the, the p- most polite way I can put it. Oh, playoffs is on another level already. We, I mean, it's we are three days in, I would say. We are one day in, technically, mm-hmm. for, bat, for NBA playoffs. And we're three full days in for the NHL playoffs. And man, oh man, have we already had fireworks everywhere. Yeah. Fireworks everywhere. Well, fireworks everywhere except for in Canada because they're taking their time a little bit. Hey, you can go watch some regular season hockey, though, in Canada. So if you want to, if you if you miss a regular season, you can watch the Canucks and Flames play. Yeah, play for nothing. Way to go, guys! You uh, got sick for a few weeks, so now let's throw you out there and finish out the rest of your season. Um, but there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend, but we're gonna mainly focus right now on the NHL playoffs because we might have kicked it off, kicked things off with an instant classic with Washington and Boston Saturday night. Um, it's Chara's revenge back into going into Boston, playing against his former team. Uh, and, and it kind of pains me a little bit to say that Tom Wilson scored the first goal of the 2021 NHL playoffs. But let's talk about that series a little All bit. All the haters are pissed. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not, it's hockey. not okay. Um, I just don't like Tom Wilson as a person. It's not the way that he plays. I just don't like him. Okay. Let's look at that series. So in, in game one, we have the overtime finish at 2-2, and then um, Washington able to, to put it past uh, Oshie and Wilson uh, with the assist. So what what did you see in that game that kind of dictates some of what you're expecting from the matchup? Well, I mean, first of all, we talked about play, playoffs specifically are very, very dependent on consistent goaltending. Mm-hmm. 
and we saw a very both teams very inconsistent. That's what we said in this division when we previewed it last week. Um, all four of these teams have inconsistent goaltending. I would say maybe the most consistent is the Islanders, and they're um, the one of, one of the long shots to win the division yeah. compared to the other teams. And with the Islanders with Varlamov, if you look at both these goalies. Um, Craig Anderson has played well. Don't get me wrong, former Colorado Avalanche as well. He he, uh, he, he, he he didn't look very comfortable when he first got in. No, he did, he definitely did not. But then you throw on the other side, Tuka Tuka was doing Tuka stuff in the playoffs. And, yeah, it was not good at all. Tuka was wandering, and you can't have Tuka wander in the playoffs. That's just a recipe for disaster. It, it was. I mean, it, this is a series that I think may go seven. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the back and forth, both teams have their stars. I mean, you talk about Oshie and Ovechkin and and all those great guys they have up front there in Washington. All they needed really to get back to the promised land was another big interior defender, and they got that in Zdeno Chara. Everyone thought Chara was washed up. Oh, we can't play big time minutes and here he is playing his former team i think that there's there's some something to what um was said about chara because i watch i go back to the playoff series against the lightning in the bubble and people third line guys are just skating right past the chara he was a liability but he's founded he doesn't play the same role he doesn't have to control an entire side of the ice he's more of a middle defender and he's doing well in that role that series is tied up one to one. I think I agree with you that with it going seven games, there's just not a whole lot of separation throughout the entire Eastern playoffs. And we saw that if we start talking about the other matchup with New York and Pittsburgh, uh, the Islanders stealing game one in overtime, that was not something I was expecting, mainly because Pittsburgh got out to a lead and then New York, who's a team notorious for not being able to score, was able to score back and then beat them in overtime. I I thought that was a hellacious effort, and it might show that maybe that series is a little bit closer than originally thought of as well. I put, I said Pittsburgh would probably win this one in five. I mean, between Pittsburgh and New York, I think all four of these teams are very, very even kill all throughout the season. There was never a team that you're like, oh, this team's far and away. Everyone thought it was Boston at first. Mm-hmm. That Then they fizzled off. Everyone thought that was Pittsburgh for a little while, and then Tristan Jari showed why he's a young goalie. Um, and then you look at, Teams like the Islanders and um, and the Caps, who the Caps have a lot of experience going deep in playoffs, win a cup not too very long ago. And then the Islanders are just hungry. They're young. They're hungry. They got nothing to lose. Um, they're just out there. They're basically standing up for the city of New York because after what happened with Tom Wilson and the Capitals, at least somebody is standing up to them in the Islanders. And we saw that a little bit in Game Two. Um, they were they came out swinging, um, and and that second period they were they were they were all out brawling. All Almost after a push in the pipe. There's been a lot of scrums in the Eastern Division playoffs. Nobody's happy with anything going well, on. Well, I mean, you got to remember every single team has played each other yeah. since the very first. No one is playing anyone new. No, this is no one. This is the one good thing that I thought we were going to get out of the playoffs, and it's been confirmed and maybe even personified more than what we were expecting. But all of these teams just are sick of playing each other. They want to play somebody new. And we we saw it in the very first game, that Washington and Bruins game, there was a scrum. There was a couple fights. There's big hits being laid all over the ice. And the set margin for error right now is not very big. These teams are winning one, two-goal games a lot of the time going into overtime. Playoff overtime, overtime hockey is simultaneously the best and worst thing in sports. Well, well, for, well, first of all, you want to talk about playoff hockey. It is way better than what it used to be because it used to be three-on-three. Three. 
and we we did not have five on five. And three, look, three on three overtime is fun for regular season, but overtime three on three hockey, anything can happen. Five on five, the overtime hockey, the best team wins on that night. The best team on that night wins, and that there's no doubt about that. When it comes to three on three, it, things are just flying everywhere, and things can get crazy, and it's just weird things happen. When you have regular five on five overtime hockey, which they did change four or five years ago, um, it makes it a lot. It makes it a lot more even keel, and the real winner uh, is the team that played the best. Yeah, I just think if it's your team that's playing in overtime hockey, it's the worst because you can never relax. I, I was very hesitant to relax at any point when I was watching. We were Dom and I were casting the Avalanche game for color cast, but when it when it's a couple teams that you don't really care about, like when the Capitals and Bruins went to overtime, that was a lot of fun to watch. And for whatever reason, T.J. Oshie gets very very he goes to another level when it gets to overtime, and that's where you're going to start seeing some of these teams pronounce. Because, honestly, we didn't get to see a lot of the other teams from around the league. Who knows what team is ready to make a Stanley Cup run? We know the Avalanche because we've been watching them. This is kind of where we're going to decide who from the other divisions is really poised to go deep into the playoffs and who is maybe fraudulent a little bit. Yeah, Oshie Oshie has one of the the biggest on-off switch. Mm. And he, because when he wants to turn it on, there is very, very little people that can keep up with him in the, in the league. And when he, when he's, when he's not going full speed technically or going out there at full, full swing, it's, it's not, he's just a role player. Mm. Um, But he can be that guy for them, but he doesn't have to because of number eight, the great one on the team. Yeah. Ovechkin's having a big impact. He, He always does. He's a, He's a threat to score from anywhere on the ice. He is most likely the best goal scorer of the past generation um, since Gretzky in the NHL, and that's not you can't really debate that with the numbers that he's put up throughout his entire career. Um, let's move on to the Central because we actually have the Tampa Bay and Florida game going on. The battle for Florida, even though I don't think many people are caring right now in this building, when it goes back to Tampa. I, I mean, I beg to differ, honestly. You see what full capacity stadium after game one – they're, look, they care about hockey in Florida right now because their baseball teams suck. I mean, the, the Rays aren't good. Their football teams are bad. They have the heat, but that's about it basketball-wise. I'm going to tell you right now, Florida is becoming a slowly – I would not say right now. They're slowly becoming a hockey state because there have been a lot of great talent and the amount of fans, especially game one, that building was rocking. And that game one was back and forth, back and forth, and the crowd was getting into it. Even though um, Florida lost the first game, that you could tell that, that the momentum of having a, almost a full-capacity crowd was worth it. I think they've done this a little bit before. I just kind of hope that it sticks. If this fan base is going to stick around like they've been able to do in Tampa Bay, it's not like you can't do it in the state. Well, I mean, Florida was something back in the talking about the '90s when they had the, when they threw the rats on the ice that and was everything. The one they, they had the one season where they made it to the Stanley Cup final against the Avs that year, and then I don't think that they've had much success outside of that one season in quite some time. Like Quenville, this is incredible what Quenville is doing because going into the season, Florida was looked at as like a five-six in this division. Because you have the Carolinas, you have what we thought was going to be a really good juggernaut Dallas Stars team, maybe looking to make themselves go on a little bit of a run. Or Nashville, who went to the cup final three years ago, three, four years ago now. Whenever yes. they won their oh, President's yeah, Trophy banner. A long time, yeah. Whenever they hung their President's Trophy banner, that's uh, the last time that they were in the Stanley Cup final. And they've been a real big surprise, which is great to see. And they're holding their own against Tampa Bay. It's not like the Lightning are having an easy time. Game one could have very easily 
there could have been a no call and they could have gone into overtime. Well, I mean, talk about Tampa Bay. They are they are the uh, the are the equivalent. Excuse me, the equivalent to the LA Clippers. Their stars didn't play throughout the season. They said let's 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 chill. Like we 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 won a cup. I mean, the difference between them is that Tampa Bay has won it, and yeah. Clippers have not done anything ever. But they they said you know what we we there's there's three seasons in in basketball and hockey in my opinion there's three seasons there's pre All Star break post All Star break and post season and you got to be able to stick you got to be able to go through the fir- the first two seasons and be a contender and then when you got to have those guys step up in the third in the third in the third season which is the post season and that's what Tampa Bay is relying on right now because being a three seed not having home ice advantage which Technically doesn't matter because they are playing against Florida and they can basically drive to every game, so it's no problem. But that does add in a little bit of a factor. Yeah, and Nikita Kucherov, there was one once maybe somebody had a thought that the ice, the rust would get to him not being on the ice. No, he came out and scored two goals in the first game. He's got two more points in the game that's on right now. He's back ready to go. Braden Point looks like he's skating with the best of them. I said it last or, or not last year, but when we we were doing last the bubble playoffs, season, yeah, yeah, when we were doing the bubble playoffs, Braden Point is Florida man Nathan McKinnon. That's all that is. He's just as fast. Not I'm not going to say just as skilled, but that's the role he plays for Tampa Bay. And now we're seeing him get a little bit. I mean, talk about these two teams especially hate each other, being in-state rivals. And um, they, they're like I said, every single team is sick of each other, mm-hmm. absolutely sick of each other. Like, it, this is not a normal postseason. Normal postseason, you play a team, you don't usually play your divisional teams, you play a team that you only saw three or four times throughout the year instead of eight times each. And it's a different feel because, yes, by the sixth or seventh game, if it goes that far. Things get chippy. Things start swinging, but we're singing swinging in the first game because these each of these teams played eight long games. And look, there's there's a diff there's a difference why or excuse me there's a difference between why NHL does um not doesn't usually have series and why MLB is able to because MLB you see one team you won't see them for another month mm-hmm. NHL this this I mean this format you you had to do because of restrictions in Canada being weird um and the and the weird the weird divisional what setup you mean weirdy eh? but I mean look this is you're seeing chippiness. It's, it was chippiness at the end of the season. The last month of the season, going, it, it was all was all people pushing, fighting. Teams that did, had nothing to play for were were picking fights just because, and that's yeah. because I, that's all they could play for. Now you're seeing it from the best teams in each, in the league doing it. Yeah, it's been a step up of of level of play for sure. The other series going on in the Central, not as nearly as competitive as what Florida and Tampa Bay is. Carolina and Nashville talk about getting the luck of the draw. Nashville is the only team that I think really didn't deserve their playoff spot. They only got it because the bottom four of their division was just that bad. The central, the central had the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, and um, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas was not did not finish very well, and uh, they also had Columbus. So they had three of the, the top five worst teams in the NHL in their division. So that series surprised me because uh nashville got up to a 2-0 lead and then carolina woke up and remembered oh yeah we can play with these guys jordan stahl scored two goals they ended up beating them 5-2 and, and really just showed that they can do whatever they want in the series yeah jordan stahl was a part of that 
Hurricane team that won the cup in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. He's been around forever. He is he is he has been a stable for the Carolina Hurricanes. And now you see he, at that time when he was on that team, he was the young gun. But now he's the vet that's just trying to get these kids back to um, the promised land because Carolina is a damn good team. I love the atmosphere they have because they had a full packed arena too, yeah. and that was absolutely fantastic to see. And you can tell that those teams with mostly like home home ice advantage means something. It does mean something. We don't have full capacity. Some stadiums do. Some stadiums don't. Depends state by state. But having at least 75%, 60 to 75% makes a difference. Big time. It doesn't matter um, where you are. You talk about Florida, who had who had a sold, basically a sold-out first game um, as much as they could. Second game as well, very close to that. And it's just constant, like, pressure. That's why it was so big for the Avs to secure home court. Oh, it's not home court. Home ice advantage. Um, because, look, the Avalanche, the Avalanche's record, 24-6, and six, I believe, at home. Something crazy along those lines. And that makes a difference. Because you, you force the opposing team to take one or two away from you on your home ice. And it is very, very difficult to do that in this situation. Yeah, I think it plays a lot. If you're that much of a that much better than the team you're playing, home ice advantage is even that much more pivotal. That's where you get the four game series instead of getting pushed to five six games because you kind of messed around in the regular season. I I know that we talked about the President's Trophy curse, and we we can get to the Avalanche now in that series. I know that we talked about that, but also I know that in the Avalanche history, they have never not won. I don't think they've ever won the President's Trophy when they didn't win the Stanley Cup. So I believe, yeah, I believe that is correct. And the the last they were in one of they're like the last third to last team that won the President's Trophy and went on to win the Stanley Cup back in two thousand one. Yeah, I mean, well, well, Tampa Bay did it last year. Everyone remembers that, but um, it's kind of it's crazy to see because in the history of Denver sports, only five times in 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 the history of the like of sports in the state has one of the teams been at the top of the league at the end of the regular season. The last time it happened was the t- twenty thirteen Denver Broncos with Peyton his first year. Um, so it hasn't been done in a long time. Before that was the Avs in 01. So it has been a minute and it's cool to see like like I said things are buzzing at ball arena it's more than than the normal atmosphere because the first weeks first couple weeks of the season we were like oh man it's fun to watch but like is it sustainable is it sustainable are they like, gonna be able to be, are they gonna be able to deal with teams trying to body them up and boy or oh boy boy they, are they bodied the fuck out of the St. Louis Blues that's all I could say about that everybody like Patrick Nemeth, who had he played terrible down the stretch in the regular season. We, I was thinking that was going to be a bad trade move by Joe Sackick. He played at an absolutely outstanding level last night, clearing pucks. Ryan Graves, who we stand out after his performance against Vegas at Lake Tahoe, that that dude has just a lot of grit to him. And I, he was one of the on our cast yesterday. I mentioned him. He's got five points on the season. He's not on the ice for you for production. But he brings that kind of enforcer's presence, and he's got the defensive mindset to where he is much much happier blocking an opposing player's shot almost as much as a goaltender than he is to actually score himself. Well, I mean, th- this team is not satisfied with wins. They're not. They're, this is a completely different scenario from the last couple of years. And and you can talk about the, the toughness, but I look at the way they conducted themselves when they were up. This is a team that 
that lost that lost deficits or were underdogs for most seasons. I go back to when we played Nashville in the, in the first round of playoffs. We were an underdog every single game. We basically we had, let them bully us into. We let them bully us, and we had a, a four string goalie in the Hamburg Hamburg with Andrew Hammond out there. I remember yeah. watching that game, being like, "Damn, it would be nice to have a consistent goaltender." Here we are, three years later, we finally have it. Three oh, years yeah. later, we finally have oh, it. Oh yeah, that was. Both goaltenders were out of their minds last night. Let's just throw that out there. But I I agree that Philip Grubauer gives this team the confidence. The Avalanche were never – they were in their defensive zone, and there were a couple times where the Blues were pressuring. But really, it was just the Blues bringing the puck back to the defensive zone. One of the defensemen for the Avalanche steals it back and sets up the offensive play. Here comes the blue blur down the rest of the ice. Nobody – you can't skate with anybody on this team. It's 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 the forecheck because you look at you look at where the ice was tilted. It was tilted on the um, St. Louis side completely because the trust that was behind them. Yeah. It's it's it goes into that factor. Look, your goalie may only have twenty saves one night, but knowing who you have behind you gives you all the more confidence to make, take chances because you know your back end defense and your goaltender will save your ass. He, and that's why the Avalanche team were doing because you talk about the last five minutes of the game. Th- it took it took three minutes for the Jordan Bennington to get pulled for the for the. Or for the extra man advantage, mm-hmm. because the Avs had it in their zone and kept it down there. That's just the factor of believing in Grubauer and believing what you have behind you. Yeah, they in he Grubauer had one. I don't know how he was able to do it. He had a couple of those saves that really show you, okay, this guy is is the real deal because that's not a fluke. If, if that's a fluke, he's the luckiest man alive. And then he also knows he's also not like upset when he gets bailed out by his defense defenseman like we saw him get a couple times and the defense was laying out at like seven block shots in the game the defense was showing out two penalty kills where i think there was only four times that i thought st louis was really close to scoring on their power play opportunities and you convert two out of three of your power plays there was just not a whole lot negative that you can say about the performance last night other than you know, it would have been nice to get a few more goals on Bennington because you put 50 shots on goal and only got four, four out of it. I mean, it helped me because I had the under. <laughs> I, I had you, – you, I've, you I took bet, the under. I, I took the under. The oh. under was five and a half goals, and we yep. had five. <laughs> so so when the Avs were holding the puck in their own zone the last two minutes, I was loving life. Our plays of the week are leading to you winning money on your under because I don't know how they happened, but they did, and the goal didn't count. Um we 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 should probably preview what we we think coming up with this series because uh, we might we may or may not have an extra episode start coming out for the the second part of the week for the playoffs. But they will play the night that this is coming out. So Wednesday, if you're listening to this live on the Unhinged Sports Network, this will be the very late game now because you know we started at 10 p.m. Eastern the other night. Why not start them at 10:30? Um, but this shout out NBC with those terrible terrible. Uh timing because there's yeah. two games as we're recording there's there's two games on right now in the second period there's one game that's about to start halfway through the second period of the other ones the timing is just terrible i can't wait for the espn deal to come it's a long time coming and i'm glad that it's finally here um what are we th- what are we seeing from wednesday night i think that it's going to be i'm kind of on the fence i think it's either going to be a lot closer of a game where the avalanche have to pull it out late maybe it's tied 1-1 going into the later stages of the third period or it could be another situation 
this series is on the brink of maybe turning into Arizona from last year where the Avalanche are just the more dominant, more physically imposing team, and they put so many shots on goal that you can't stop that many shots. So I'm on the fence is how this series is going to go. I think it's going to be dependent on the first period. I think that's how it's going to set the tone. If the Avalanche come out firing like they did at the end of that game and and St. Louis just comes out to try to punk them, then it's going to be a different story. If the Avs aren't able to receive the blow and then send it right back, then we may have a game on our hands. But – I think the Avs are going to come out. I mean, obviously I'm biased here, but they're going to come out swinging. It's going to be, like I said, this team is determined for 16 wins. This team is not not happy with one. This I, team is yeah. not happy with one, not happy with two, not happy with three, not happy with four. We're going all the way to 16. This is, team is damn determined to get one there, there one step at a time. I think that fight from Landeskog, too, it was a huge moment. It was about halfway through the first period, and, and the Avalanche were a little bit groggy. It wasn't necessarily a dirty hit on Rantanen, but he did go after him for it just to establish it. And I don't think he was establishing it for this game or this series. I think he was establishing it for the entire playoffs. This is how the Avalanche have to come out. And when you're feeling a little bit apprehensive, maybe you got to throw a little bit more caution to the wind because Landeskog did that. He's not a guy – he's fought before, and he normally wins when he fights, but he's not a guy known for fighting, and he absolutely thrashed Braden – Braden Shen. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, Landy said a great post in the post game press conference. They asked him, "Was that your goal in the first period?" He said, "No, but I saw somewhat of a late hit, and I had to send a message." That's your captain, your team that sent a message. Landy talked about, yeah, when when he was coming up in the juniors, he was a little bit of a fighter because that's kind of because he wasn't the flashiest guy out there, so he had that experience with him. He said, "I'm not letting anything happen to McKinnon or Ranson at all these playoffs, and I am just as skilled as both of them." But I'm going to be the trend, the tone setter. He had a Gordie Howe hat trick for Pete's sake. <laughs> yeah, he has half as many Gordie Howe hat tricks as Gordie Howe ever had. Um, that's one fight, one assist, and one goal. He had two goals on the night. But that guy's leadership, he's been a captain at every single level he's played at. I listened to him on Spin Chicklets, so I was able to get a little bit more into his backstory. Every single level, and he actually, so he was growing up in Sweden and he had the chance to play in their kind of like super junior league. That's the equivalent to it. He said, no, I'm going to go to Canada and play in their super juniors and figure this whole thing out. Had to learn English, had to learn how to play North American style hockey because it's a lot different than European hockey. And in the span of six months, he was wearing the C for the team that he was playing for in Canada. Only, this dude is a born leader. The only reason why he wasn't wearing the C his first year was because that was Hayduke's last season. Yeah. That's the only, and the year before that was Adam Foote's last season. So that that's the only reason why he wasn't wearing the C. And then he finally he took it over as a young guy. He said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna act like I'm better than you because I'm not the most skilled guy out there. But I'm gonna lead by example." And that's exactly what he's done. Everything that he shows, everything that he stands for is everything that is going right with this avalanche run. Um, and it, it gives me a lot of hope. I'm wearing my, yes, McCarr scored a goal, so I'm wearing my Kale McCarr jersey. But this is not the lucky jersey throughout the playoffs. Um, maybe one of these days I'll let you see in my dark den when I watch the avalanche games by myself. I might post the, the lucky jersey there. Uh, let's move over to the other Western Conference matchup, Minnesota. The Young Bucks stole a game from the Big Bad Golden Knights. And this one, this was a defensive battle. I mean, it was 0-0 at the end of regulation. Neither team could get anything across. And Minnesota absolutely stole one right out of the, out from underneath the nose of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. What does this mean for the series moving forward? Because I, I thought that this was the way Minnesota would have to go about the series, win as early as possible, and then be able to kind of 
catch, make sure that you keep Vegas off their game. So are they going to be able to do that? Or maybe Vegas comes back and goes, oh, yeah, we are that good. We're going to beat you up a little bit. Well, I mean, you talk about the, the biggest – one of the teams that the Vegas struggled with the most, and that was Minnesota. Not only was it the Az, but it was Minnesota. Um, you look at who, what, what happened in that first game. Talk about Cam Talbot for for a minute here. Cam Talbot had a hell of a game, and he has been a he's going to be an X factor um, for Minnesota um, going into going into winning that series. And talk about what Flurry showed as well. I expected that. I didn't expect a game like what we saw in um, oh what was the game that went like six to four. Um, I can't think of the one time. Might have been Tampa game or or I, I forgot which which game it was. One game had like ten goals in it, and it was just nuts. This game, this series is going to be one in between the pipes, and which goalie is has, has the best game at the, at that moment. And I mean, lo- history goes on the sides of Vegas because of who they have in net and who they in Flurry and who he is. Uh, but that that strategy of alternating your goalie every other game just because you want to get Flurry some rest may come back to bite them in the ass. Because Flurry hasn't played back-to-back games I don't remember how long. Yeah, I really I think that they're still trying to hold out hope or maybe entice the Seattle Kraken that Robin Lehner is still a uh, number one goaltender if possible or maybe make Flurry look good and pick up another expansion roster, roster sweater. Um, I'm going through here. I didn't realize – Vegas only won three times against Minnesota in this season. In the regular season, Vegas only beat Minnesota three times, which I don't know if it, how this is so new and, and so different of a format. I don't know how much that means, but that is significant because that's you, that's why that la, that that game seventy game was so, or was so important mm-hmm. because the Avs knew what they had in line. It wasn't necessarily that oh we'd rather play the Blues. It's oh, we'd rather Vegas play Minnesota because Minnesota was right on our tail as well. So they were in contention of the two seat. So it wasn't necessarily getting caught or or catching up. It was getting caught from behind us and knowing what's behind us. And it was very nice that a President's Trophy and the number one seed came with all this because that is actually even more important being the number one seed in the entire league when it, when and if hopefully. Knock on wood. I yep. Knock on, on like wood. Eight times in the last. Knock on wood hours. with us too. Um, if and when they get out of the divisional playoffs, they would go to the automatic one seed and play the lowest remaining seed that came out of it. So my uh, that's where the Eastern standings kind of come into play a little bit because if Tampa makes it out of the East, they're going to be one of the lower seeds because I don't know if I see another three or four seed possibly making Maybe it through their own division. Toronto fumbles the bag again like they usually do. That would be hilarious, and then it would also be Montreal, so Toronto would absolutely absolutely go home crying. Um, I think that's all the series. I don't think we should talk about the Canadians until they actually play Yeah, we won't give, so, them that. won't give them that. Sorry, but we'll A, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Austin Matthews play. I haven't been able to watch Toronto yet, and I believe they're the first, um, first, ga- first game on the Wednesday. first Canadian yep. go- game going up, um, other than the ones that are going on on ESPN Plus right now. But that's – I mean, NHL playoffs, we are paying a lot of attention. If we're not casting Avalanche games, we will be live-tweeting. Uh, or hopefully tr- trying to be there. Yeah. I would love to be able to be at the game and do something from Ball Arena. But if not, we will be watching it. We will be letting you know what we think about what's going on on the ice. And uh, I will try to keep myself in a little bit better check than I did during the bubble playoffs. I was a little bit heated then. These Avalanche don't look like they're going to raise my blood pressure all that much this season. But – 
That's knock on wood on that one too, buddy. <laughs> yeah. There. Okay. Now we've knocked on wood for everything. Uh, let's switch over to the NBA. Not necessarily the playoffs. It's the play-ins. Play-ins slash yeah. because playoffs do start Saturday with, okay. with your Denver Nuggets. So technically by the next time we we will be uh, coming out to you, I think it will be two or three games deep. So it will be a little bit different story. But, yeah, we do have um, play-ins slash playoffs this week. We have one, as the time of this recording, we have one Eastern Conference play-in tournament done. The Indiana Pacers as a, came out booming as a how big of a favorite minus were they? eighteen and a half underdog. underdog minus eighteen and a half underdog came out and went one forty four one seventeen yeah why not yeah, we have half of our roster them. on the injured list but we I can mean go I, out there and, that may have been a good strategy because uh, half of those guys are questionable and I think half of them still played <laughs> so I mean they they were like yeah, here's our injury report so. Lamelo, think that you this is a walk in the park, and we're gonna come out and smack you. Yeah, we're about to come out and just absolutely drop the hammer, and that's what they did. And the other game that's going on right now, it's about to go to halftime. Uh, Washington is leading Boston. Is that something that you see holding true? I or? mean, I, I had Washington winning the winning this game because of what we've seen from Russ. Russ has been unreal, man. Russ and Bradley Beal, like, look. Be before Bradley or Bradley Beal was hurt for a period there. They were, I believe, like thirteen and like twenty something. Once it came back from injury, they, I mean, they had the second best record because the best record in the NBA was the Nuggets after Jamal Hart Murray's injury. But we'll talk about that later. And they came out swinging, and this team was a thirteen seed about a month and a half, two months ago. And here they are as a seventh seed now. Um, there's a good chance. And look, we are we could be seeing a first-round matchup of Russ versus KD. Oh, man. That's popcorn. That's Get your popcorn ready. That's going to be a lot of fun series if we get that. that Boston, however, on the other hand, I'll, I'll say this quickly, they're, they're, they, could, they could very easily lose to lose to Indiana. Do you see them not even making the – I mean, I think they're a favorite over Indiana, but they're going to have to face Philly in the first round, and that's a, that's that'll be another fun series. It might be a better save of face if they just lose and then blame it on the injury to um, Kemba. Yeah, all this goes all Jalen Brown. I mean, this goes on and on. Right now, looking at the the box score for that game, Bradley Beal has 13 points in the first half. Westbrook has eight, so they're not even really contributing all that much, and they are leading Boston. I did. I thought that the Celtics. Not to say that they gave up their season, but they just showed that they don't have much besides Jason Tatum when Brown is not on the floor. Because Tatum can drop 60, and it's still a relatively competitive game. And you got a guy doing that, he's that's not going to be successful in the playoffs. The offense runs through the number zero. And that's that's what teams – that's why the playoffs get so difficult for, because teams make defensive game plans around certain players. Mm. Hockey and basketball, both ways. It's different than football. Football, obviously, you make your game plans for different quarterbacks or whatever. Defensively, in a hockey game or an NBA postseason, you make sure that everyone else beats you but their star player. The 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 um, if the Celtics make the playoffs, Philadelphia will live on everyone else beating them besides Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. and that's how you look at it. Um, it's there's certain players that are special enough to get past that. That's that and that's where you see those big time contenders. But the teams that have the one star, that's why Milwaukee like fought, like was so bad or was so bad for so long, got good, and then they struggled in the playoffs because everybody was keen on Giannis. Yeah. So that that now with Boston, they have no. No secondary star at all, and they are just going to struggle, in my opinion. I think that we could see a scenario where they get swept in the first round if they do stay in the playoffs. It would be interesting to see no Boston in the playoffs. 
I mean, it'd be um, very nice. It'd yeah. be very, very nice. Would, I'd enjoy it. It would it would make ESPN cry, so I'd be okay. Kendrick Perkins would, uh, the game is dying. The game is dying. Carry on. But uh, you see he just signed a big-ass extension, too, to stay on at ESPN. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. At least they let go of Paul Pierce. <laughs> before we start talking about some of the other things that happened, um, because it is relevant to one of the matchups, but uh, the, let's look ahead and kind of break down what we see coming for the Western play-ins. Spurs Grizzlies in the that's the ten nine the ten matchup. matchup. Nine ten matchup. Um, what do you see in for that game? Spurs I mean, or Grizzlies. Look, San Antonio. We we saw that last game of the year. They got some gritty guys. The Popovich led team in a one game elimination is going to come out swinging. I, there's no doubt about that. So don't sleep on them at all. But the John Morant factor comes into play. Mm. Memphis is very, very hungry and very young. They missed the playoffs, or yeah, they barely missed the playoffs last year yeah. after Portland snuck into the eighth seed. So they want to get to the postseason. They feel like they're up and coming um, and and ready to take that next step. Um, so I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take Memphis here because of job. But I would not be surprised at all if San Antonio was able to get in. Yeah, right now Memphis is sitting at a four-point favorite, so it makes a lot of sense. And then I think if I was just going to go based on what I've been able to see from both teams, I know that Popovich is going to have his guys ready to go. That's why it's going to make it a close game. But seeing what I've seen from the Spurs, who's going to who's going to guard John Morant? DeMar DeRozan. Or you can throw DeJounte Murray, who is one of the quicker guys in the league too. We also saw Murray have a pretty down game the last. That's, last I game mean, it, 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 like they didn't play the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, we, like the game yeah. we casted, mm-hmm. we had to look the guys' names up. I knew their names, but I had to help you with the names. At the end I of the game, I look everybody's names up when we do basketball. That's nothing new. Well, I mean, it was it was just more more inflamed because it wasn't Devin Booker out there, Chris Paul, or, or DeAndre. Could have been could have been very easy. It was. We had a no. game winner from Etwan Moore. Who won't get playtime in the playoffs, more than likely. So he also looks like he's about an inch taller than I am. Yeah, I do. Yeah, might be the the skewed perspective with the NBA players. Uh, the other play-in matchup: Warriors and Lakers. Yes, this, this is ESPN's. This, <laughs> like, yes, thank you. Adam Silver is so happy that this happened. We, he couldn't be more happy. We get Steph playing the role of LeBron, trying to drag a crappy ass team into a playoff run, and LeBron. I mean, he came back and dropped 25, so it looks like he's going to be relatively healthy. He's not 100%. But That's what he says. It's going to be playoff brawn. Is, it gonna, is, is there any way that the Warriors, because you just said teams will go after and make sure that not one player beats you, is Steph Curry one of those players that can beat that with the Lakers? Oh, absolutely. When you talk about the one-game elimination games, anything can happen. And what Steph Curry has had this season, he's had a pretty damn good season second in MVP voting, though. Not number one. Um, but he is a guy that can catch hot in one game. And the Lakers, if they don't have a big game from Anthony Davis and big game from these other guys, they are going to struggle. And I think that and that right now is they're going to be their biggest kryptonite. Because, look, they're going to have to throw double teams at Steph. They're going to have to pick him, throw double teams, or they're going to have to throw double teams at half court when he steps over the half court line um, because of his, his range and what he's able to do. And, oh, yeah, Steph, and Clay Thompson is questionable, by the way. I didn't know that. He is questionable. He's probably not playing. No. But if the Warriors do can pull off an upset here and then go into Phoenix as a seven seed, 
and Clay Thompson is able to come back for maybe game five, six, or seven. Here we go. <laughs> I feel bad for all of your friends back at GCU. I feel bad for my buddy Garrett because he's been. Or even the Jazz. Jazz yeah. not full strength. If yeah. they lose and then they still hold on to the eight seed, oh, that man. is oh man, that'd be a worse nightmare. ESPN would have such a field day with that because I mean I think maybe Steve Kerr was pulling people's legs and and, and doing it just out of joshing it. But because he wanted to he put did fear, with Michael Jordan, who was the king of mind games, so he may have he may have done that for a mind game. But I mean, hey, he's questionable. That means he's he could, could if they make a run, we could be seeing him seeing him sometime. If he answers the right amount of questions, we could see Clay Thompson back in some sort of capacity. Uh, let's talk about some other shenanigans that went on in the NBA because everybody had a pact and they're like, okay, Lakers in the play-in tournament, one, two, three, go. So. Portland played their asses off, beat a Denver Nuggets team that could have really cared less if they won or not. The Nuggets secured the three seed because the other team you're about to talk yeah. about tanked. The, the Clippers decided that they would rather lose to the Thunder. And the Rockets. Their, get their ass kicked by the Thunder and the Rockets. The two worst teams in the league, by the way. Yeah. And, and back-to-back nights. And then they think that this isn't going to become a pattern going into the playoffs. Oh, we're going to just get absolutely donkeyed and show that these two games don't matter. I know that it's the playoffs, but we this is this is legitimately what happens every single year with the Clippers because they always figure out a way to try to bamboozle their way into the easiest path. They keep trying to be the smartest guy in the room, and they always turn out to be the the moron. They they thought by being the three, the two two seed last year with the Lakers being one that they could have been had a they had a cakewalk to the West Coast Finals. Uh, it was incredible how much they overlooked the first two rounds of the playoffs last and year. And here we go again. They're overlooking it again. They play a team that they struggled with that is a much better team than the, what they played in the first round last year. Dallas Clippers again. Again, that is going to not be a walk in the park. No, that was. And if the Clippers win that, they play the Utah Jazz, who fully healthy can work them, yeah. work them. And I, that's weird saying this again. Hate the Jazz here. Not a Jazz fan, but I like I said, if the Nuggets don't, the Nuggets are a first or second round exit. We're a small market team the whole whole way. We are we are rooting against every LA team, every against every New York team, against Philly. We'll root on the Heat because we we have some ties to the Heat. But everyone else, small market the whole way. We got to keep Jeremy a little bit happy. Yeah. He, he gets pretty pissed off at us most of the time, so we got to give him a, a little bit of shine with the Heat. It was kind of, I mean, that's this is how the NBA does things. This is the load management. Um, one interesting take that I kind of heard last week was maybe the play-in game is going to affect it because I think the load management thing has gotten way out of hand where guys are just, I just don't really feel like playing tonight's game, so I'm just going to take the night off. The play-in tournament might actually turn that back a little bit to where everybody knows that these games, especially down the stretch, like what we're seeing in the final games of the season, you got to play. You got to win. And if you don't win, you're either going to be in a terrible situation having to win two games to get onto the bracket or, you know, so I think – maybe this is going to be correcting some of the parity in the league. And it's also going to be correcting what I think the rest days. I don't, I, mean, I don't like load management. I games. mean, well, you want to talk about load management. First of all, I talked about it last week a little bit. I had a blog about it. The Hall of Fame ceremony was absolutely wonderful this weekend. Great job inducting the three guys, KG, uh, Timmy D and Kobe as well. Uh, that was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. But Vanessa said something that stood out that I think was a jab at a lot of people. Kobe, 
went on and told her, and because Kobe was was very badly injured throughout his career. Oh, I'm sorry, not throughout his career, the ending of his career. Mm-hmm. He had that Achilles break. He had a lot of um, shoulder shoulder his problems. Were messed up. Shoulder he pro- dislocated his finger, I think, at one point. There, there on was a shooting hand. There was a lot of problems, and Vanessa told him, "It was like Kobe, why don't you, why don't you take a night off? Like, why, why like, why, like you, your body is deteriorating badly." He said, "People pay to come see me." People pay to come see me. You go to a Lakers game and you want to go see Kobe. And that's why he felt the need that he wanted to play every game that he could. Every play, every game that Kobe had some ability to be able to play, he was going to do that because people paid to come see him. People are people would pay to come to see Kawhi Leonard. People would pay to come see LeBron James, Anthony Davis. But we're not at that point anymore. People could care less about regular season games. And now people are paying for it. People are paying for it. The Lakers are paying for it. They could very easily lose the pl- get out of the playoffs. They could have a hot game from Stephen Curry, and then they could run into a buzzsaw in, in Memphis, and they'd be out of the playoffs. That would be wild. That would be you – know, I think that might be my best-case scenario, have Golden State win this game, and then the Lakers lose out in the, the next round to try and get back in their in the way in, into the bracket. Uh it's just, it's just a weird situation. I mean, yeah. I mean the late, like you said, the Lakers are paying for it. They did not want to be in a situation, but man, it's 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 going to be fun because I think the Nuggets Nuggets are in a great spot. There's a reason why the Nuggets want to get a three seed because look, Utah is damned good this year, and I feel more comfortable beating the Suns if they're able to get past Golden State or Phoenix in the first or Golden State or the Lakers in the first round than I do getting past the Jazz in the second round. And I think there's a good chance we could see a situation like that where Nicole Jokic has to put up insane video game numbers against the Suns in the second round, and I like our chances. No, Nicole, that's one X factor that I think we got to – Nikola Jokic is going to be there. We know that he's going to be able to be solid in all of these games because he's done the work in the offseason now. I think very similar to what Julius Randle, what we're seeing from him. He's done the work in the offseason. Skinny Jokic for a reason. Yeah. He's he's, skinny Jokic for a reason. He he made sure that he was able to do whatever the team needs to put them in the best position to win. Uh, The one guy that I think is going to need to step up big time, and he's already started to do that a little bit. We've given him a lot more love on our color cast with the Nuggets games. But Michael Porter Jr., He's a star. I, he's, he's a star. He's, he's got to be the. He's got to be the next star. He's got to step up into that role and become a. My name is Michael Porter Jr. and I can score with the best of them, and I'm not a liability on defense anymore. This is the time for him to mature, and this is the playoffs where I kind of want to start seeing that. Yeah, I was listening to Outdoors Sports Radio this morning, and they had a good take. The last couple postseasons, Mike Malone almost always had either Jamal Murray or Jokic on the floor. They had one of those two always on the floor because that's what he expected from the offensive end. Now you got to think, Malone might do the exact same thing with MPJ because, look, this bench shortens to eight people, eight, nine people. So that means the play time from Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap, or JaVale McGee, one of those three, or maybe two of those three, will not be playing, will not be getting minutes. Because, like I said, the bench shortens, and it comes down to your 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 star players playing 35-plus minutes. That's why that's where we're at, and that's how you win games. Um, hopefully we don't get to a point where Jokic plays 70 minutes, like the last time we played the Blazers in the first round. Yeah. Um, but, man, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a really, really fun series. Do you think that the – I mean, there's still a lot of people that were on that team that got upset by Portland in Game 7 in Denver. Do you think that's going to play – because we, we kind of saw, like, ties with the Avalanche already make that series a little bit more intense. Does that 
series a couple years ago against Portland still leave a sour taste in the Nuggets. Oh, there's so many fun storylines in this series. So many. You talk about Nurkic, former Denver Nugget, a guy who who was a starter and then the Nuggets gave up on because they saw that what Jokic could be and Jokic became that. And what a what a smart thing Tim Conley did too. Then you talk about Will Barton playing against his former team in Portland. He there's a good chance he could be coming back for game three or four. Then you also have a guy by the name of Carmelo Anthony who has never won in Denver as an opponent. Ever. Ever since we like you think I'm lying, go look up the stats. Ever since we traded him to New York, every time Melo has stepped foot into Pepsi Center slash ball arena, he has lost. Which is is a good thing in our favor. It's it's a good thing. That's one of the cards that lands on our side. That is a good thing in our favor. Um, And you talk about Dame time and what he was able to do. And then you have a rookie, a 30-year-old rookie starting for you against one of the best point guards in the league. Like I said, this series is going to be so much fun. It's going to be a it's it's a revenge game. It it definitely is in the in this mind because you talk about players that were on that team. Um, Jokic was on that team. Millsap was on that team. Monte was on that team. But that's that's about it. I mean, oh, man. MPJ was drafted. But that was a- like his MPG, yeah, year, MPG, right? MP, or MPJ was that was his. He didn't really play. Yeah, that was play. the first, that was the year that they were just rehabbing, rehabbing, yeah, completely through. Yeah, through. So that doesn't really count. But yeah, that team was completely different. And it's it's we're a different team. We're much better in my opinion. But Portland is also a very, very good team. I was going to say, I think this is a lot better Portland team than what played the Nuggets a couple years ago because Portland, back in that year, it was Dame or nothing. And it still pretty much is. But you got guys like Nurkic and you got guys like C.J. McCollum now taking advantage of the fact that everybody goes to Damian Lillard to where they're putting up some pretty big numbers. That Portland game that we called, it was Damian Lillard, like 32 points, C.J. McCollum, 26 yeah, those two. And then talk about one of the best trade deadline acquisitions of the season, Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell has stepped into that role very, was, very yeah, well. He, he had any big play that wasn't McCollum or Dame, it was Norman Powell. Nor- Norman Powell is the three and perfect 3 and D guy that they're going to have because they're not going to ask for much offensively. They're going to have him sit in the corner, and they're going to have him guard the opposing wing. And that's the matchup we're going to see more than likely. It's going to be Norman Powell against MPJ. And MPJ's defense defense has stepped up mm-hmm. more lately, but can MPJ take the next step and do that now in a postseason run? When he's also going to be – this is going to be the most amount of minutes he's played in the postseason – uh, I don't By know. far and away. By far and it, away. It's going to be – I think that him being on the floor as much as Nikola Jokic is on the floor, I, I think that that's the strategy you got to employ. Because if nothing else, you got to get out of the season a little bit of development from your guys. And that's going to be very good experience for a young kid like Michael Porter Jr. getting meaningful minutes in playoff series and being relied on. I don't know if you have to outright say it, but he knows he's being relied on now to be the secondary scorer or the secondary facilitator of the offensive play for the Nuggets. And that's going to be, this is a huge test for a guy who's very short, very young into his NBA career. Yeah, I mean, look, this Nuggets team has no expectations. Zero. And that's exactly how we like it. That is exactly how we like it. Count us out, and that's, that's where bad things happen to other teams. Count us out, because that's exactly what this team wants you to do. Sleep on Jokic being the MVP. Sleep on Michael Porter Jr.'s scoring ability. Sleep on the 30-year-old Argentinian rookie. Please do, because this team will just ruin your ruin your day. Well, we're going to see what happens Saturday, and uh, it's uh, to-be-determined time. But Ball Arena I think will... we, we more than likely will have the late game, too, because 
West Coast game, and that's unfortunate how it goes. But yeah, we'll we'll be the late game more than likely Saturday night. Yeah, it looks like we're the last game listed, but that's going to be the second playoff series beginning in Ball Arena this postseason, and we're super excited about both the Avalanche and. The Nuggets. We're both wearing Avalanche. I'm wearing my McCarr jersey. Hey, I'll be, I'll be wearing wa- I'll, shirt. I'll be wearing my Nuggets stuff next week. So. Yeah, we're uh, and we're also. I don't know if you caught that, but we're switching back and forth now. We you saw it today with the da- episode that you downloaded, but we have the Avalanche colors for the logo for Anchor now, and next week Nico uh, the made the Nuggets colors. And then our then our logo on on our Twitter and Instagram is half and half because, yeah. like I said, it's playoff mode. It's playoff mode activated. We don't stop tweeting because we're not. We're not. We playoff mode activated doesn't mean we stop tweeting. It means we ramp ramp it up for our teams. Yeah, we have over twelve thousand tweets sent out, and our Twitter account was started in August of last kind year. Kind of nuts. Yeah. Quarantine. That's that's what quarantine gets you. Um, I think that's a good amount of talk about the the NBA playoffs. We can maybe break down. Is, is there? The East, the East, the uh, yeah, we I forgot the East. The, the East, East. I mean, the, the four or five matchup, Atlanta, New York is going to be a lot of fun. But man, Miami versus Milwaukee first round. Oof. Yeah, I think we that's could, the matchup Milwaukee didn't want. That is the matchup, last thing Milwaukee want to see because a young, a hungry Heat team is deadly, and we Ooh. could be seeing another first round ex- exit from Milwaukee, and boy, that would cause some stir. That would, yeah, that would do a lot. Because I think Giannis is at that tipping point right I now. I mean, he's signed that big contract, but I mean. No, not, not with that, but he's at the tipping point right now with his legacy. A great regular season player. He's, he's on, the, on, on track yeah. to be the next Charles Barkley. Guy who's yeah. never done anything, but he was really, he was like great when he played, but. Yeah. MVP type player, and he just never did anything in the postseason. Yeah, we could very well be seeing that. Hey, look at me pulling out the, the round bound and rebound <laughs> reference. Uh, let's move on. Uh, there is some NFL news to discuss, mainly because I'm still jonesing for football. Um, and I actually saw this come across ESPN on my Twitter feed today, too. The doctors are saying now Joe Burrow looks like he's going to have all clear week one. And that made me just so happy because yeah. I won't have to worry about whoever our backup is. He's got to worry about that left tackle position, make sure that's yeah. all good. So I'm going to be uh, anxious most of the time. Because I'm thinking don't about get the hurt, last don't time. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't, don't get hurt stepping off the curb. I, if I'm if I was Joe Burrow's mother, I would put him in a saran wrap bubble. Put and, put him in that SpongeBob meme where he has the wrap all around him, yeah. and you carry him to the field, and then put him on the field, and then when he's on the bench, you hold him like a saran wrap and make sure he doesn't get hurt at all. I'm gonna go get the great Kali and have him stand next to Joe Burrow in shotgun, and anybody who comes near him is just gonna get a big boot. That's all all I'm gonna have. But he's he's on track, so it's, it's going well. Uh, rookie minicap camp happened last week. Um, Patrick Sertan had, I think, his second or third interview in front of the Denver media. It looks like he's enjoying himself. He's um, going to be a great corner for the Broncos. Like I said, that that was a it was a smart pick. It wasn't the flashy pick, but it was a it was a it was a smart pick. And Sertan will be a I, I believe he'll be a number one corner in this league. I think the good thing about that pick too is it's. I think that's pretty much what the Broncos were looking for. It wasn't a surprise. That was a guy that they targeted way back. I think after the national championship, it might have even been before the national championship. Mm-hmm. After the semifinal game, that's who they wanted, and and that's who they got. But the Broncos are also in the news for some other reasons, and it, it has a bigger storyline to do with the entire NFL. But there's now two Broncos that they will not be paying their salaries this year because they were injured away from the facility following what the NFLPA has been saying. Don't go to the facility. They're trying to hold out. I can't 
I don't really remember. I think it has something to do with COVID restrictions, but I think they really just want – they're kind of upset about the 17-game season and the way the collective bargaining agreement is. So the players' union telling people to work out away from the facility, and then these guys get hurt away from the facility, and teams just decided to void their contract because they can since it was an – yes, it was a team activity, but it wasn't at the team facility, so they're not liable. Uh, I think this poses an interesting question as to what, what do you think the Broncos' mindset is with the Juwan James and the Deshaun Hamilton situation and why they decided to go the route of voiding the contract? First of all, Deshaun Hamilton and, and Juwan James are two completely different stories. Juwan James has played three games in three years. Three games in three years. He has played a total of 60 snaps, and he's been paid over $30 million. Yeah, that one seemed a little bit more vindictive. Like, you stole $30 million from us, so we're going to hold that last $2 million. There's a difference you. between the two. Deshaun Hamilton, he was probably – he Broncos were looking to trade him, first mm-hmm. of all. I think he, they had a deal on the table. They had a deal on the table before he got hurt. So, honestly, he he hurt himself there. He hurt himself there. When you when – you, also, you got to think take into account – all the all of these injuries, unless you can prove it that they were done practicing football, there's no way the, the team can think like, oh, they don't like the, you. If you can't prove it that it was a football activity, you heard it, then the team doesn't know. If you were able to prove it that you were hurting, you got hurt and video or whatever, and you were doing football activities, it's a different story. But as far as we know, athletes can easily be be put in a situation where they get injured, walk you down the steps, uh, and uh, like Jabba Chamberlain was a pitcher for the Yankees, and he injured his ankle the day he was supposed to pitch, jumping on his kid's trampoline. Exactly. So as far like that is a con that is a contract stipulation in every single league, every single league. This ain't the NFL problem. This is everywhere else. Everyone else, everyone else does the exact same rules. You, if as a professional athlete, there are things you can't do. You can't go bungee jumping. You can't ride a motorcycle. You can't Ben Roethlisberger. You you can't you can't do certain things, and without reasonable reasonable proof, it is very hard to see. I mean, look, I am not I'm not saying Deshaun Hamilton and Jawan James are liars, but I know that it's happened before. And you, and everyone thinks that I'm lying. I guarantee you, there has been stories where players have got hurt away from the facility doing football related activities and it wasn't. No. I mean to look up just look up Jabba Chamberlain ankle injury and that's that's a great example of a professional athlete kinda he tried to say that it was, you know, a drill or something, but it, he was just jumping around on the trampoline. I think I, I see your perspective, and I'm not saying that your perspective on it well, is, well, is, well, is... Well, my perspective also, I, I, I do think they should get some compensation, but they don't deserve every single cent. No, what I'm seeing, I'm seeing this in, in the light of, it's not a, a player strike. It's not a full strike because there are players who have stipulations in their contract that if they go into the facility, they get bonuses. So the PA is not going to tell those guys, don't go get your money. Even though I really, you, you can have the debate of maybe they should just probably say everybody go, everybody stay, and let's get this thing sorted out. Because right now we're in, caught in the middle of like a labor strike between the players union and the NFL. And I'd really, I think in a normal year maybe Jawan James they do just void his contract. But I think in a normal year maybe Deshaun Hamilton is is at least kept around on practice squad or something like that. Something where he's not taking up a roster spot, he's not taking up that much more money. You you can cut him and then bring him back on the practice the, the, squad the, the, injured. The, the thing with Deshaun Hamilton of keeping him on the practice squad was anybody can pick up anybody on the practice squads. 
it, it's like a like it's like the MLB where if you're a major league player for a long time and you get sent down to minors, you're basically a or you're unrestricted free agent. Someone can pick you up off the waiver wire, and that's the exact same way with that. The Broncos tried to trade Deshaun. They drafted another receiver. You have Corlin Sutton coming back. Deshaun Hamilton was a decent receiver, and until like one of the teams that that were big on him was the 49ers until they, I believe it was either Marcus Godwin or um, somebody else that they signed. And that basically shot that out the door. And they drafted Debo Samuel around the same time. Too. Yeah. So that's, that's why, that's why the cut came into place. Yeah. I'm just, it begs the question for me a little bit. Is the NFL putting pressure on the teams to be strict about this situation? Well, the NFL has no room to talk because the 17-game season, this moving this quickly into the into having this happen after barely any talks is just asinine. That's the good thing about having all of the power and not being able to be told no. After That's... coming off one of the, I mean, wackiest regular seasons where we had teams play with the emergency quarterback you had teams play with yeah. no receivers yeah. i mean you had you had teams who bye week was in the second week yeah i mean and you said oh you know what let's throw in another bye week or let's throw in another game because hell of it money i see money yeah. i'll tell you why because the salary cap is going up a good amount and they that new espn deal i cry when i think about the amount of money that espn is committing to the nfl and now now the the owners know that they're able to make money without having fans in the stadium. I can see this. They're going to do as much as they can to get as much money out of this as possible, and that's where the 17th game comes in. And that's where I think the players are just perpetually screwed because the NFL can do whatever they want, and they've already proven that they'll run a, a season with replacements. Think about that. Have our COVID season, whatever we had last year, and then have to play this year with a bunch of scabs if this does go to a full player strike. Well, what a world we would be living in at that point. Yeah, it'd be so weird. All right. Uh, that's big NFL news. Not too much else to discuss. Um, I don't I don't know how you feel about Rodgers right now with the Broncos. It hey, seems Ju- like June it's cooling 1st, off a little June bit. June 1st is the day you look at. We all knew nothing was going to happen before June 1st. That's when things start getting interesting. I, I mean, it is. The Broncos are the odds-on favorite besides the Packers to pick up Aaron Rodgers, and that would change things completely. I think there is at least a 40% chance he comes here. I think it's 40-60. 40% he's a Bronco, 60% that he retires or somehow figures something out on Green Bay. Hmm. Let's, uh, let's get into most dominant team of the week before we get into the break and hear a couple messages from our partner affiliates on the Unhinged Sports Network. Um, I'll go ahead and start this one. My, play, my most dominant team of the week. The Carolina Hurricanes, like I said, overcame a two-goal deficit that they had early on and scored three more on top of it after they tied it. Won 5-2, to two and uh, Stahl scoring two goals at the point of his career that he is. He has those guys ready to go. This Hurricanes team has been in the playoffs for the last few years. They have the experience of losing in the first or second round now. I think they're ready to make that next step. I, I like the, what the Carolina Hurricanes did to the Nashville Predators. I mean, I, I don't hate that at all. My my uh, most dominant team of the week, I'd go with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. It's 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 easy. The four one decimation. It, it it was the easiest team I could have been nine one. What? It could have been nine one. Could have been nine one. Yeah. It could have been ten zero. Too. It could that, have been very that goal easily, that Grubauer that ended up getting credited to Grubauer that was a defensive lapse. I, I think that goal goes 110 percent on Nazem Kadri, 
for not getting back and allowing for the odd man rush. Luckily, it doesn't matter because the horsepower over there on the Colorado Avalanche is pretty damn good. There's some incredible horsepower over there in Ball Arena. That's going to bring us to the break. Don't go anywhere. we got more Far Into the Bench coming up here on the Unhinged Sports Network. Bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network, we have business to tend to. We are still partnered with Fanatics, the home for any kind of sports merchandise that you can think of. And Nico, tell the people what they can find if they go to the Fanatics app in our bio at FEOTB Pod. We got so much stuff you can get off Fanatics right now. NBA playoffs are about to start. NHL playoffs are starting as well. Both teams, you can get any of your gear from Fanatics. Go get your jersey of fair team. If your team wins a cup, go get your Fanatics gear. Uh, go get uh, go get the championship gear on Fanatics. Excuse me. Um, we have baseball starting up as well. Our Rockies aren't the best, but you know what? There's all-star game gear on Fanatics. So if you're in the Colorado area, you want to go get um, some all-star game gear, go to the Fanatics, our Fanatics shop. And as well, man, the NFL draft just started. I know Jimmy's got his Joe Burrow jersey. Why don't you go get a Jamar Chase one now, those icy whites, or go get yourself a Trevor Lawrence jersey, Justin Fields, or even if you're a Bronco fan, get you a Patrick Sertan number two. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. If you're a sports fan and you're not getting merchandise from Fanatics, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. The best place to get all geared up, anything that you could want, any sport, any team, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as well. Nico, the best part about 2021 and things starting to open back up again has to be... I mean, it's the bars opening up, man. We got the Nugs and Avs in the playoffs. And where, where else am I going to go watch them than our friends up at High Alpine Brewing, don't you think? I mean, it's a lot better than the alternative that we had to do last year, sitting at home watching by yourself and drinking beer. Now you can go out to one of the best, youngest breweries on the western slope of Colorado, out there in Gunnison, the High Alpine Brewing Company, and you can enjoy a great handcrafted beer brewed in the back of the brewery, actually. They hand-brew all of their different recipes that are on the menu, get a nice pizza, sit down and watch some playoff basketball or playoff hockey with I think one of the coolest communities in the state of Colorado. They also just opened up their patio seating so be sure to go check out Scott and the High Alpine Brewing Company. You can check them out on social media at High Alpine Brew and if you're ever in that area it'd be worth the drive to go take a little bit of a scenic route to Gunnison and enjoy a nice cold beer and some playoff sports with High Alpine Brewing Company. Welcome back, Benchwarmers, to episode 41 of the Far End of the Bench. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. Be sure to check out the Fanatics link. Nico's in the market for a Philip Grubauer reverse retro jersey. And we win the cup. I guarantee it's, 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 it's on the way. Right now it's still up in the air. So I, I'll, 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 but, but you're it's gonna use the yeah. fanatics link. When I you definitely get will it. be using the fanatics. Everybody link. should use the fanatics link. That's in our bio at FEOTB Pod, and that brings us now. I think it's it's one of more my more favorite segments that we have on the show. Benchwarmer of the week. We thought of it up when uh, I think the first one that we did was Philip Rivers when he threw his pick six and, and Bryce fell, a, fell on his back and then tried to jump up and, and get the tackle. And Bryce Deschambeau was searching for his ball in the woods. Yeah, that was a pretty good one too. That's where it started. So now. This week's bench warm of the week. I'm gonna let you go first because I did most dominant team. It's first. the Los Angeles Flippers. Mm. It's the Flippers. We're, we are avoiding teams now. I I, I guess I, if you're a contender, you don't avoid anyone. You like the now the Clippers are didn't control their own destiny. They say, you know what, screw it. Well, we can we'll tank like for the last couple games and be the four seed and be okay as long as we don't play the Lakers, right? As long as we don't play the Lakers, I can be all right. Yeah, it's the Clippers. Easily bench warmer of the week. We used to go up in uh, Paul George's ear and just whisper, LeBron. 
Or just be like, hey, that side of the backboard is looking pretty nice. You want to hit it? That too. Pandemic P. Pandemic P. Um, my bench warmer of the week is Braden Shren because uh, he took an absolute he took a beating beat down. Landis Gog tore his ass up in that fight. And then later on in that game, he tried to run McKinnon when he thought McKinnon wasn't looking. Hey, they had they grew eyes in the back of their head in Saskatchewan. They, and uh, McKinnon absolutely put him on his back when the guy was trying to punk him. Like we said, the Avalanche, at every facet of the game where the Blues tried to make it physical and dirty, the Avalanche stood up to him and maybe even outdid him. Oh, the, yeah, they, they said, oh, I'll take your hit and I'll send one right back right at you. Oi, I'm not sorry about this. I'm going to put you on your ass, eh? All right, that's uh, Benchwarm of the Week this week, and now let's get into our partnership segments. And then you'll notice a little bit of a different part of our partnership segments but we'll get to that when uh, we get to it we'll start with what's brewing presented by the high alpine brewing company follow them at high alpine brew check them out if you're in the gunnison valley area if you're taking any summer trips up there their patio is open and i'll tell you nothing beats a nice high alpine brewing company pizza and one of their great beers on tap on the patio gunnison's a beautiful place so check them out up there i'm going to start with this one because i'm interested to see what your take is on it we talked about it a little bit. Um, did you see uh, Barstool tweeted it out last night? Your mound Mercedes, Mercedes, this big ass dude from Chicago. Uh, the the White Sox are leading the Reds fifteen to four in the ninth, top of the ninth inning. They have a position player on the mound because they didn't want to waste any more of their arms. They're legitimately everybody's just trying to go home at this point. Unwritten rules in baseball at that at that moment. Your mom, Mercedes, was up 3-0 in the count. You take the next pitch because you just do that. That's, that's the way you don't want to show anybody up. You don't want to force anybody to be here longer than they have to. Mercedes said, uh, no, I'm going to go ahead and take this 47-mile-per-hour fastball that I'm seeing. I only ever see in batting practice. I'm going to put it over as many fences as I can. And he jacked a, I think it might have been a three-run home run at that point, and it added insult to injury. And it brings up the question that's been getting talked about a lot with Fernando Tatis and Acuna Jr. Um, with the pimping home runs and, and what's wrong with the new generation of players. Who's right? Old school generation, new school generation. Uh, I think we're going to have – I think that was like one of the final shots that we're seeing between these two generations. And then we're just going to have an all-out war over what is and what isn't right. But I think this is a big moment in that little argument because it's about to go from a niche thing that only baseball fans are arguing about to, well, yeah. Is it about respect for the game or is it about being able to celebrate and be your own person and, and athletes are, have a platform now. So that's, what's brewing for me is this little battle between baseball fans and, and sports fans in general as to what is the right way to handle things. It's stupid. First of all, I think it's ridiculous. I, there's a reason why baseball has fallen off so far. Baseball was America's pastime. It was the number one sport in America for so long. Now it's not even top. It's barely top three. Barely top barely three. Top it goes football. It goes basketball. And then you can have the argument with hockey. But hockey is taking over right now. Yeah. No I one think, can care I about ho- hockey and EPL soccer might be above baseball. Very much so. And look, this is it's horrendous. I think I think it's just a lack of um, a lack of a lack of enjoyment of the game. Baseball is a sport where at any point, anybody can come back. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter how big the lead is. It does not matter how big the lead is. A 13-run game, I've seen the Avalanche come back from 10 runs one time. The Rockies. Yeah, or sorry, the Rockies. Wow, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's they how almost much, yeah. blew a 13-run lead uh, to your yeah. point last week. That's true. 
But you talk like I've seen weird things happen. You play until you can't anymore. It's if if it, look, if we were these these players have signing bonuses. They have bonuses in their contract. Home runs are part of contracts. Yeah. If you get a meatball from a guy who's throwing forty mile for forty mile forty miles per hour, forty seven miles per hour. If you get a meatball down the middle, I'm taking that yard. Mm-hmm. That is one step closer to my signing bonus. And you know what? That's not my fault. What am I? If you see, look, if you are telling kids these days, well, it's it's disrespectful to the game, and uh, he uh, he he's he's pimping home runs, and well, you know what? You're making the game boring. You're making the game boring. I had to tell you that. You can if if you want to go do that, go watch golf. Seriously, go watch golf. Because that play. that is the most classiest sport you will ever see. They play it by the rule book, and that's because there's there are certain things you don't do in golf, and that makes sense. Baseball, there is no fun at all. People are getting hated on for doing fun things that make games interesting to watch, and it's just ridiculous. Tony Larusa, you are way outdated, buddy. Saying saying that oh he will be he'll pay for it in our dugout. Yeah, his teammate, his, his own manager, his right teammates were probably excited for him. Mm-hmm. The game is not over until the final out happens. There's a chance. There's a difference when it comes to basketball pimping a three point shot at the end of games because the game's way over. A team still has a chance to come back. There still is a chance. It may not be a very good chance, but there's still a chance. And if I get a meatball down the middle, when not when a three zero pitch, I'm pimping that if I can. Obviously, I can't do that because I didn't play baseball, but I would do that 10 times out of 10. Uh, we gotta, we That's gotta why baseball in. is not fun right now to watch. No, it's not, and there's nothing. People, people like, like everyone loves football in the state or in the country. People are talking about football more than baseball is right now, and we are in a dead period. It's, That's how much you can show where baseball is at right, at right now. Baseball died three years ago, and nobody told, it, told them. Right now, people are talking about NBA, NHL playoffs, NFL offseason, and then Premier League – Champions League baseball. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. Baseball was America's pastime. And you're making it not fun. Congrats. I I think that what I want to see from both sides is I, I really want baseball to kind of adapt this hockey mindset and the reason why if you know anything about the reason why there's fighting allowed in hockey, it's because the players have a way to to govern themselves. So your Mon Mercedes, if you want to go ahead and swing at a pitch that would be an unwritten rule that you don't and take it yard, that's fine. But then when there's some sort of retaliation, turnabout's fair play. You got to police it somehow. If you, if it bothers you that much that a guy pimped a home run off of you, obviously we said it a couple of weeks ago, don't let him hit a home run off of you or do what you can to make sure that he doesn't do that again. And normally, I mean, the way baseball players work, when you get hit for pimping a home run, they normally hit another home run and pimp it even harder. I don't have to remind you, remind anybody of Jose Bautista I don't even know if that bat landed yet, how far he threw that. So I just think that there could be a compromise on both sides. And MLB, Manf- Manfart would be very wise to kind of adapt this hockey mindset and maybe let the players start taking over the way that the league is ran a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and start throwing an Astro player's head, basically, because they won't police it, we will. Yeah, and uh, get your managers out of full uniform. That's still the weirdest thing in the world. I don't know why they have to look like everybody. Jared Bednard looks so much better in a, in a nice European suit on the bench than he would if he was suited Wearing up. Jersey. In, yeah. yeah. We, we, don't need, we don't need the coaches in sweaters. We don't need the managers in full uniform. Just fix that baseball. That's what's brewing for me. What's brewing for you? What's brewing for me? Um, so there's a, there's a little bit of drama 
in the basketball world. Who would have thought? That league never thought? has anything and, dramatic. And and it. the name coming up, Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown is in the news because he is sick and tired of everyone slandering his name. First of all, all the slander of the world goes to him. He straight up said, he went on his IG Live, and he straight up said, he's like, yeah, I know me and Kobe combined for 82 points in that game against the Raptors. Did you see those screens I was setting, bro? Did you did you see the rebounds I was setting, Kobe? A player, uh, first of all, as a person that has been that has watched the game since I was very, very little, you, if you have to talk about your screens and what you do, that means you are irrelevant. People that, that, are, that are in that position don't ever talk about it because they know their role and they're going to do everything they can to win. If you're going to come out and say, oh, man, you see those screens I was setting, bro? Kobe's a Hall of Famer because of me, blah, blah, blah. It's like Bull the crap. fullback taking credit for – I mean, the fullbacks get credit for a 2,000-yard rushing season, but it's like the fullback said, you see those blocks? I was you like, definitely he's... wouldn't have been in league MVP. Like uh, Howard Griffith went up to Terrell Davis back in his MVP season. You definitely wouldn't have been MVP without me. It's com- uh, I'm, I'm Terrell Davis. Exactly. So it's completely different. And and then he he's talking about he's talking about Matt Barnes, Gilbert Arenas, Stephen Jackson. One of my favorite podcasts. Those to all the smoke. Um, one of the best basketball podcasts around. And he, and Gilbert straight out came at him and was like, Yeah, Gilbert. Um, he was like. Kwame said Gilbert came at and stole money from me because of how much shit talking and how much slandering you put on his name. I'm sorry, Kwame. Do we want to look at your stats throughout your career? You did that to yourself. <laughs> you he was the number one pick, by the way. D- don't you forget that. He was the number one pick, and I believe it was either 2002 or was 2001. And man, oh, so the dude was just so bad. And and to come out just just slandering. All these people. I mean, like that—that's the easiest what's brewing I've ever had. Because we're gonna see some beef. We'll probably have a boxing fight on the undercard of of a Jake Paul fight down the road yeah. with Kwame Brown out Jake there. Jake Paul, Conor McGregor, Kwame Brown's gonna be the co-main event. Co-main event with Nate Robinson or Matt Barnes or something stupid like that. But yeah, it's it's funny because Kwame is is. I won't give him slight. He played in the NBA, but he was by no means anything. The NBA gives you a lot of what's brewing because that's the easiest that's thing. Yeah. All they, it's like Kardashians with basketballs. And you know what? The Kardashians have a lot of basketball players on them, so I think it's the same thing. I think you're just watching a live-action version of the Kardashians. Um, now let's move to Off the Hinges, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them at Network Unhinged, 24-7 podcasts by sports fans, for sports fans, at unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Um and I really, you know, I'm going to go with this one because I've been holding on for a while. You've been very open about how you feel about the the world of boxing and where it stands in the grand scheme of things. And I've been trying to be the, the opposite opinion. And I've been trying to look at the bright sides of some of the things that have been happening. Uh, but I saw something this morning that really just everything that I've argued for was just proven in what I was reading this morning. Um a couple days after Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua's unification bout was scheduled, Deontay Wilder filed a court injunction and basically forced legally the WBO, I think is uh, he was the WBC it's champion. Them, yeah. He for- legally forced the WBC to schedule him a rematch against Tyson Fury, which nobody asked for. Nobody legally, fucking asked for. Not, not yes, legally. Yeah, legally. Not earned. Didn't go in and win another fight after he got his ass handed to him, got his jaw broken. 
oh, it was on my 35-pound uniform. Man, not only did you fuck up your own career by doing that dumbass thing and, and thinking you were untouchable trying to beat the Gypsy King, the guy who's been able to outbox, the dude who outboxed Vladimir Klitschko, and you think that you're just going to go in there and throw one right hand, which he got up from in the first fight, and then and then be able to beat him in the second fight, and then get your ass kicked, so then you file a court injunction and get a rematch and ruin the biggest fight in heavyweight boxing hist- recent heavyweight boxing history between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua? That thing was going to be packed. They were going to have more people there than the Canelo fight in England because those are the two English-born champions, and we would finally be getting a unified heavyweight champion. It would be the one champion once again. And and Deontay Wilder is just ruining it. He's making it so that this Logan Paul-Floyd Mayweather fight is going to be the biggest, most relevant thing in boxing because we're not going to get Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury for another year and a half after Tyson Fury goes in and beats the shit out of the bronze bomber for a second time. Look, boxing is taking the uh, WWE approach. Look, I, I love WWE, but we all know what we're given is not real. What? Like everything's stage, every match is stage, and here we are. Boxing is doing the exact same thing. Well, I, I gotta go tell, call Dom and have a conversation. If you're telling me that's not real, spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! But yeah, we are getting to the point where it's a Mickey. It's we talk about the Mickey Mouse LeBron championship. This is a Mickey Mouse title shot. He doesn't deserve this. He got his ass kicked twice or three times. It's about to be a third time it, now. It was a draw the first time. Which I think still, I, you, I still think he won. Tyson Fury yeah, probably Tyson Fury won. scored the winner in that fight. And then also, I mean, in that last fight, he got TKO'd. And Tyson Fury is not a guy who knocks people out. Tyson Fury knocks his ass out in like the eighth round. Deontay Wilder didn't have anything to do in that fight. Didn't throw one single big haymaker. Didn't hit him one time. Tyson Fury figured out the code of Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder still doesn't know how to box. This is terrible. It's, it's, I, I completely agree. That's just ridiculous. I've been saying it. The face of boxing right now is Jake Paul, and that's how that's where you need to, that's all you need to know about where boxing is right now. Not Canelo, who is one of the people are not talking about Canelo. People are talking about oh, when's Jake Paul's next fight? When is Logan Paul fighting? People aren't talking about when um, Canelo's stepping in the ring next. No, the only or any thing, of the heavyweights. The only thing Canelo has going for him is he could sell live tickets because he in that last fight he had seventy five thousand people fill up AT and T Stadium, so he still gets he he draws a live crowd. But Triller is now the biggest name in boxing, and uh, the biggest draw in boxing are the Paul brothers. The Vine turned YouTubers are the two biggest names in boxing at terrible. the moment. Absolutely terrible. Uh, my off the hinges now. Kind of going off of um, what you what your off the hinges was, but I'm going to a different kind of brawl. We're talking about the Coors Field brawl. We're talking about the Padres knocking the fuck out of the oh, Colorado Rockies, man. I remember, first, no. first of all, man, there's been some wacky things that have happened at Coors Field over the years. Did we forget how to act during quarantine? <laughs> like, come on, man. First, first of all, like, like if a guy walks to you like that. Put your, put, your hands up. Hands up, put your hands up, please. Put your hands up. Do something. A it's guy, coming. a guy wearing a posing jersey, walks up to you like he did. Something's gonna happen. He's in a Padres jersey. He's from San Diego. He's probably a Marine. I don't know. So I'm just glad that the Rockies fans around them backed the dude up and beat the fuck out of that guy. Yeah. Because because they they rallied around him. And then you go back to the uh, um the uh, um. The Nick Castellanos interview after the game, a fan, a fan, uh, 
finish the interview for him, and he said, "Yeah, I told I told uh, Nick over here to uh, imagine the ball was Rob Manfred's head and take it, take it three sixty center field." So center, so Coors Field is is a interesting place to be right now. I'll tell you that it's a, it's a good atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. Um, but off the my off the hinges, I know it's a it's kind of a weird one. But off the hinges, yeah. If if you like, be smart if you're at a stadium. Like, look, Keep I, your head on a swivel. I've been I've been to a stadium as an opposing fan. I was in San Antonio when the Heat were in the finals. I've been to Dallas as a Nuggets fan. That was the worst experience I've ever had. I, I look. I'll tell us. I've been to Denver as a Bengals fan, but go ahead with your yeah. Story. I I like when I went to Dallas. I had a it was Chris when, when Chris was very very young on the Nuggets, and I had I didn't have a jersey, so I wrote Anderson on the back of my shirt, and I spelled it wrong. Yes. And I had people heckling me as a day, as an eight year old, an eight year old kid from an opposing team. You moron! <laughs> he people were yelling at my dad. My dad almost got in a fist fight because we were in Dallas, and my dad and I were at the game, and I spelled Anderson wrong, or it might it was either on my shirt or on a poster, and and everyone was like, "Your son doesn't know how to spell." Like, like where where, where do we draw the line? <laughs> oh, that would be glorious. I wish your dad. Because I, I, I'm picturing a Steven Seagal moment where there's five of them and your dad there, there's, there's takes me and, them off one by one. There's me and – and let me remind you, the Nuggets were working the Mavericks too. This is the playoffs. We were killing them. Yeah. We were murking them all over the court, and they were pissed off, and they had to go at this eight-year-old kid. That's what I'm saying. Don't you don't need to get into brawls? Like like you can have disagreements in sports. That's the best part about it. We both have two teams. We're going to be playing this week this during the regular season. The NFL. We probably won't be. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to be very happy with each other. How the game goes, either way. We're going to be drunk at Empower Field, and I don't know. But we're going to come. Bengals win. But we'll come back Tuesday, and we'll still record another episode. Yeah. Because we 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 move on because we enjoy we're friends and we live with it, and we all have to like we would. It's it's not needed to fight in a stadium. Like we we are past that. We all remember where we were at when we like this time last year when we had no sports on. Just think about that. We had no sports on. You don't need to get kicked out of a game. Don't yeah. start a fight. Don't get sent back home, man. You just got yeah. to watch all the sports from home anyways. It's interesting though with that story because there were not any charges pressed on the Padres. Fan. So that means there's probably something that went the other way. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> the Rockies guy obviously did something on the way back that we did that was never talked about. But I mean, that, shout out to the guy who videoed that, and you got some McNuggets on you because seeing the way that guy dropped the first Rockies oh fan, gosh. and you're still standing there with your phone recording, you're lucky he didn't see your ass. Because oh man, that would have been like an African safari when the lion sees the cameraman, and that's just it. We might have been seeing found footage film at that point. Um, so that's off the hinges presented by the unhinged sports network. Like we said, follow them on Twitter at network unhinged unhinged If that's where you're listening now, be sure to check out some of the other shows. Um, and if you're not Wednesdays from one to 3 PM Eastern is where you can find us on the unhinged sports network. Now into our next segment. This is the one that I mentioned is going to be a little bit different than it has been. What's on your screen this week presented by the far end of the bench. Follow us at F E O T B pod shameless plug at that point. Um, we the unhinged sports network and uh, fubo will no longer be in agreement just uh, little uh, benefits didn't work out for both sides so it was a mutual kind of decision that we were not going to be working with them anymore but we we're going to keep what's on our screen because that's actually been a, one of the main parts of this show that i've been keeping you guys updated i'm through the end game we have gone through all of the 20 marvel the movies. movies yeah on the Disney Plus app 
not including the Spider-Mans because Sony still has the rights to those. They haven't been put on Disney Plus yet. Uh, and then I have my Power Rankings blog coming out. It's actually going to be coming out right after this podcast is over. So 3 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Eastern is when I'll drop that. And I've been tweeting out. I just tweeted out the rankings, and I've gotten already some responses. I know Coach Steve is not very happy with my thoughts on, on Doctor Strange. Um, but tomorrow morning I'll be tweeting out just the final five rankings because those are the last ones that I haven't put out there. And then the full blog will be up unhingedsn.com at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Wednesday. So go check that out because it was a lot. I, I didn't know if I'd get through all 20. I thought that I'd get through like five and be over it. But no, I it was a lot better than I originally anticipated. And it was a lot better most of the ones most of the movies that I saw before, they were even better watching them in order. So. Yeah, because you you know what's what's going on. So I wasn't lost better. at any point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, my what's on the screen. It's pretty easy. We have back to back to back playoff games at uh, actually I think like not at Ball Arena, two at Ball Arena, one not at Ball Arena. But Friday Avalanche, Saturday Nuggets, Sunday. Avs, oh thank God, I missed you so much. The bubble when we had every other game was Nuggets Avalanche. So nice. I'm oh, I'm so thankful for it. It's 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 great to have both of my teams play at different days, so that I can switch my clothing every other day. Yeah, and it'll be all right. So I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very excited. Like I said, I'm I'm my 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 dad and I are working on tickets for the Nuggets, so I cannot wait to be at a playoff Nuggets game. First time in two years. It's been long overdue, so I'm very very excited. It's great too because now I can use both this, the success of the Nuggets and Avalanche playoff run, and when the Bengals don't do anything again, I can then just remember. You can this be all right, time. yeah. Be like, oh, remember the winter? We'll, the winter was so much fun. We'll get back to that after after the football is done. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into beats of the week. We're trying to win you guys money. Keyword First, trying. We, we, Keyword. This is an apology. Because if you listen to our episode from last week, which you guys are seeming to enjoy a lot more, a lot of people are, are listening to that one on demand and everything like that. We had two lines that we were like, these are can't miss. Hammer if you, them. If you guys don't put money down on them, you can't say that we did anything bad to you. Um, we hope you didn't listen to us. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Plus 145 for Tony Ferguson. Benil Dariush kind of just dominated him in your unanimous Tony Ferguson decision. might be done. Yeah, I think he's going to go down as one of the better fighters to never have won a championship at this point in his career. That's unfortunate because a lot of the times it was Khabib fucking up and not making weight or something yeah. like that. He or had injuries tear, or something. Yeah, or tearing his knee, I don't even know how, tripping over a cable at a UFC promotional event. That that one was... That fight, the fact that it never happened is going to bug me a little bit. But I don't want it to happen now. Yeah, I mean that 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 fight like it's very unfortunate that it never happened. And then you talk about the main event, man oh man, did we did we did we miss out on that one? I thought I was sitting pretty. First round, I was like, oh, this is straight cash because Hulk smash. Because look, I I, I had a. I had uh I had I had a game on Saturday night, so I was unable to watch any of the fights until the final fight. So I didn't have time to throw money on Tony, which I'm very glad about. But I had time to throw money on Mike Chandler, and I should have cashed out, bro. Oh my god. I don't know. I mean, look, yeah, you I, you always do the what if game, but man, Mike Chandler dominated the first round. Mm -hmm. You know, Oliveira said, "Oh, I can do this too. I'm gonna come right back with you." And one of the greatest comebacks in a single fight we've ever seen. That fight, I think, uh, 
that's one where they fight ten times. There's going to be a different. It's very similar to the Rose and Wei Lee fight, to where yes, the guy won in a dominant fashion, but if they fight again. I don't see that same scenario going down. That fight could either go five full rounds where they're both going back and forth with each other, or it could end in Michael Chandler winning with a knockout. There's just a lot of things that's kind of unknown in that matchup. So I'm interested to see what happens next because at lightweight, I don't know, you can give it to Gaethje, but Gaethje's coming off of a loss to Khabib. But he, I mean, Gaethje deserves it, but apparently Dana's already saying the winner of Dustin and Connor gets the title fight, which I don't know about. I mean, I don't think Connor deserves it. I think Gaethje deserves it. His, his, Gaethje has been on a win streak, and his only loss was to possibly the GOAT. Yeah. I think he deserves it. No, he does. I, but I, it's just that's something that I think he is UFC, especially trying to take themselves as seriously as the NFL and NBA. They're going to look at that and go, "We can't give a guy a title shot off of a loss, whether or not it's a loss to the greatest of all time. Who knows?" But they've done weirder things. I mean, GSP fought for the middleweight championship and won it as a lifelong heavyweight, and uh, I didn't think I didn't agree with that one. The other. One cool thing that I want to mention from that fight: Did you were you able to watch the Barboza when I he had the delay? No, but I did see the the late the, the delayed knockout. Knockout was nuts. That was insane. The dude, like, like, that, that guy has just all of the crazy knockout. The guy highlights. was like this, and then he's just like, the world just started spinning. Doof, <laughs> and took it, just fell back, it and was like, like, oh, I'm like, done. I can't take this. I used to laugh at people when they stood there and then fell and got knocked out. Could, no, that, could, apparently could, that happens. You could see slowly the eyes roll back into that guy's head. Yeah. Watching the replay, I was like, why is everyone crazy, so crazy about this? I go back and watch it, and he, he, he takes a punch. He's standing there, and then he slowly stops moving, and then he just – Oh, here goes my legs. Oh, my head's against the cage. Oh, I'm getting punched. I'm done. Uh, it was nuts. It was it was it was hilarious. Who turned off the gravity? Who started turning the? Who tur- who started turning the field? Um, Edson Barboza also has the crazy wheel kick of Terry Adam where he I goes stiff. That, yep. So he's got a couple big highlights. All right, now let's get. We, we've stalled long enough. Hopefully, you guys have faith in us for this week's beat. These are some the good ones. I hope. <laughs> well, no. Just, <laughs> Most of mine probably won't go, but I had to put something down. But I'll let you start. If you got good ones, I'll let you. Start. I got some very good ones. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm guaranteeing two of them, um, and this is one of them. The Mavericks are gonna beat the Clippers in the first round, plus three twenty. Book it. Luca is gonna have a special, a special, uh, special series, and the Clippers are gonna be upset. It is it, because the Clippers are not ready for Luka time, and Luka is going to show why he was an MVP candidate at the beginning of the year. And I feel like that's going to happen. Another one, I, another beat that kind of goes along the same lines that I was struggling to find that that may find out there is one of the playing teams is going to win the first round. I'm going to call it right now. I don't know if it's going to be the Wizards against the, the Nets or if it's going to be um, – the Warriors being the Suns, Lakers being the Suns, or okay, no, those those. Why not? Why, yeah. why not the Nets and Lakers or the Nets and uh, Jazz get knocked out in the first round? Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Both number one seeds out. That'd be that'd be a hell of a story. Crazy, crazy. All right, my first one. Uh, like we said, the Canadian Hockey Playoffs start tomorrow night, uh, and it's actually Winnipeg and Edmonton. But then Thursday, Montreal and Toronto. Montreal is plus one sixty two in in game one over Toronto. I don't know what to expect from the Leafs. 
Uh, I know to expect a lot of sadness. I know and a that lot they of don't... a lot of different names. I'll tell you that. I'm yeah. glad you're not casting that game because I probably they, wouldn't be able they, to. They, they have like four guy, four or five guys injured that aren't playing. So oh boy, yeah, that's gonna be an interesting matchup. But it's the first time I'll be able to watch Austin Matthews all season. That's gonna be fun. Plus 162 for Montreal to win. We've been saying it the last few weeks. You can almost always bet on Toronto to screw up somehow in the playoffs when it comes down to postseason hockey. They are being gifted a Final Four spot because of the division they play in, and I bet they still fuck it up somehow. They could. And then on the other side, Montreal is the winningest franchise in NHL NHL history. history. So that would just be poetic justice for this to be gift-wrapped and put on Toronto's platter, and then the Habs just come up from behind them and go, "Eh, you know, uh, I I would like to take this spot, so... This is now mine. Um, so plus 162 for game one. That's just game one. Didn't look at the series line, but Montreal in the first game over Toronto for me. All right, next one. I have my next Charles Barkley guarantee. Oh, boy. I, I am jinxing myself here, but this is going to happen. Nuggets minus 105 underdog to beat the Blazers. We're not the favorite. Yes, it's slight. Both both are minus, so you get your money back either way. It's kind of a weird situation. Blazers are minus 115. Nuggets are minus 105 to win the series. Underdog, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hammering that. I'm okay. hammering that. Hammering that. My next one, Logan Paul is plus 590 to beat Floyd Mayweather. I kind of Those odds are interesting to me. Plus 590. Do you, I mean... I hope and it doesn't happen, but like I feel like the odds should be a little bit better. Uh, and Logan's Floyd direction. is a minus eleven thousand favorite. Eleven hundred, eleven hundred. Yeah, I think it, I think it might change. It's it could. Closer, yeah. At plus five ninety though, Logan Paul's like two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, I, I he's a he, lot taller and a lot yeah, bigger. Six two. I don't think he's able to weigh more than one hundred eighty five pounds. I'll tell you one thing. I will not be taking that bet because I have some pride yeah. in my life, <laughs> and um, I will never be rooting on the Paul brothers. That's that's uh, the only reason why I'm not taking that. I don't think that I'm going to be putting money on it, but it's interesting to think about. Yeah. I have to tell you that Logan Paul has fighting odds against Floyd Mayweather. That's just, just dumb. It's just weird. <laughs> My last one, man. Look, we are watching the the game two as we're talking about it, but the Wild pulled off the upset in game one. And right now, they're the betting favorite, minus 114. Similar, similar to the Nuggets Blazers, the Knights are minus 104. Five, I think, to win the series, and the Wild are minus one fourteen. I'm hammering the Wild because I think the Wild are hungry, and I think Vegas is playing too too complacent. That would be interesting. I would much rather. I think We'd I would both be easier if it was a Avalanche Wild matchup in the second round instead of an Avalanche Golden Knights series in the second. I'd round. be able to much breathe much easier, but if we beat the beat the um, Vegas, it'd be much sweeter. It's still they're able to hold them scoreless again for the first period of the game right now. Holy crap! I don't know what's going on with Vegas. All right, my last uh, beat of the week. They have the week one lines out right now. The Bengals against the Vikings are a plus one fifty two underdog in week one of the NFL season. Those are pretty good odds. I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I put it there because I think you know the the Vikings were not good last year, and the Bengals did get at least on paper, better. It'll be interesting to see how the team looks, but on paper they should be better. And Joe Burrow being healthy for week one, that's a big factor in the, why I think this one. A little Joe Burrow versus Kellen Mond action? Question mark? QB mm. controversy in Minnesota? Hopefully. That would be something. But right? I think you'd be, a, if Kellen Mond uh, becomes a starter, I think you'd be more the favorite, but. Could be. 
or he might just beat the shit out of the Bengals even more because That's he's true. able to run and Kirk can't run. You That's like true. that? You like that? You like that. Yeah. Uh, now let's get into play and player of the week. And we got all playoff moments, obviously. I think that's pretty much what we're going to have moving forward because yeah. you can't you can't put some – even though I did see a cool cool one today, I, I had a pitcher being able to field a crazy ball last week. This time a guy got hit in the leg. He kind of hacky-sacked it up to himself and then caught it off the bounce for the, the line out. Break. Also, not to cut you off, did you see Kevin Pillar? Oh, he got hit. He got hit. fastball, 99-mile-per-hour fastball to the nose. He like he he yeah sorry to cut you off but I did see this and he he had an interview today on Tuesday and both his eyes beat red nose is like completely shattered yeah. when like the, one of the most gruesome hit by pitch I've ever seen it was like a faucet you turn your faucet on slightly it's like blood just imagine a faucet just straight blood that's what we saw come out of Kevin Pillar's nose kind of crazy probably broke. Both orbitals and not definitely nose. not that that is not play of the week, but that is no, uh just, not not play of the week. <laughs> holy crap! Um, I'll go first for play of the week. I have uh, Jordan Bennington's belly kick save that he got on Rantanen because I don't think that he could try and do it again. That was uh, I think he was trying to get up and then he ended up falling back down on the ice and it just so happened that his leg kicked up at the right time and Rantanen didn't read it right. That was pretty impressive the way that he was able to save it. It might be the save of the playoffs. It's early, but. Grubauer did something very, very similar two years ago. Yeah. Very similar. I remember that. That was I do remember that. My play of the week going to the same game, the gravy man with the save of the century. Grubauer was off balance. The night or the uh, blues guy was able to wrap around, had an almost wide open net, but the gravy man slides into home basically and and stops the puck from going in. One of the best saves I've seen from a non goalie yeah. in, in a NHL playoff history. You will not score on my net. Yeah, Ryan Graves. We're a Ryan Graves stand podcast here. We love the gravy man. Loved him when he was on, doing that thing on Lake Tahoe, and now he's doing his thing again. He's he's a guy that doesn't bring a lot production-wise, like I said, but he is a guy that brings grit to a situation in the Stanley Cup playoffs where every game is going to come down to how much grit do you have. Uh, now, player of the week. And I'll let you start yeah, with this I was gonna, one. I was going to say, you got our uh, MVP line, so – my player of the week, Gabriel Landeskog. The Gordie Howe hat trick, one fight, one assist, one goal. Plus he had two assists and was plus three on, on the night. So he, he's on one. I think Landeskog is the catalyst for this Avalanche team. And he's the guy who's been around the longest, has seen it at its best, seen it at its worst. And he's ready to lead these guys to the right places. He's very reminiscent of where Joe Sackick was in that 1996 season where we're about to see a, a captain put his head down and just have his team follow behind him. And if you follow behind a guy like Gabriel Landeskog, he, Landeskog he's going to lead you good places. So yeah, he's my player of the Landy league. is a damn good leader, I'll tell you that. But now, let's talk about the not only player of the week, the player of the whole NBA season. Because it wouldn't be the end of the regular season if I didn't give you Nicole Jokic full season stat line because this guy is the unanimous MVP. Every single vote that has come out thus far – has been for Nicole Jokic. The only thing that's going to alter this is the fan vote because we all know everybody loves Steph Curry and James Harden and LeBron. Yeah, I don't care about the fan vote. He's going to be unanimous because because of the strong writers and that they're actually going to get one right for once. But Nicole Jokic, 
averages on this year 26 points 26.4 points per game 10.8 rebounds 8.3 assists with a 31.36 uses percentage which is number one in the league top 10 in each category the first center to do that since jimmy walt chamberlain Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt, Chamberlain. Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt the Tilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain. In each category, each of those categories, he oh, led the Nuggets in each of those categories. Yeah, I know. He, list, he, he led the Nuggets in each of those categories and led the Nuggets without Jamal Murray with the best, with to the best record in the NBA since Jamal Murray's injury against Golden State. The best record in the NBA. This ain't a tanking team. This ain't a team that says that 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 sees the media. This is a team that fights through adversity and shows why they are a tough team no matter what. So Nicole Jokic is your going to be your MVP of the 2021 NBA season, and I cannot wait until I see that man hold the trophy that's rightfully his. It's going to be a great feeling, and then. He's the first MVP in Nuggets history, right? He would be the first, first one. First one in Nuggets history. The first center since – let's see if you can get this one. First center since who? Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan was a power forward, but he never – he won MVP like 03. And it's not going to be Giannis because he's also a power forward. Yeah, right? so there's one – There's he's still in the media. Media very much so. Perkins? No, not Perkins. Shaq. Shaq oh, right. Shaq. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you really think Perkins was good nope. enough to be an MVP conversation? No, I didn't know. I thought he was the. I thought he was the other guy from Get Up. I thought he was the <laughs> football dude that they have. I didn't realize that they were two separate people until like two weeks ago. I don't know who Kendrick Perkins is. Yeah, Shaq is the last one in 2000. It was either 2001 or 2002. So okay. it'd be 20, nearly 20 years since the last one. So it'll be cool to see when he wins the MVP. Well, now that Nico's made me look like an absolute asshole for Calling having a sports Walt podcast. Chamberlain. Um, and, uh, that's going to be the end of this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 41. Be sure to check out us every Wednesday live on the Unhinged Sports Network from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Our on-demand episodes are available right after those finish up. And uh, we put out normally when we have a bonus episode or an interview, we put that out Friday. And that's when our big replay is on the Unhinged Sports Network as well at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, so that's where you can listen to us live and then far into the bench, wherever else you get your podcast, be sure to rate and rate it five stars and leave a review because if you rate us five stars, we will read your review live on the podcast. Other than that, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Be sure to read the blogs. Uh, if you haven't checked out my power rankings blog of the MCU timeline, be sure to do that because that's out right now. And Nico's been putting out a lot of basketball blogs. He had one about the Hall of Fame induction last week. I'm sure with the playoffs going on, we're going to have a lot more coming up from him. Oh, I guarantee you're going to get a Jokic MVP um, blog. You can guarantee that. There you go. He's calling his shot. So be on the lookout for all of that. UnhingedSN.com, UnhingedSN.airtime.pro. Follow us at Pod, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok and on Colorcast because you could follow us on Colorcast there and turn on your notifications. Yeah, and then also I know we we said something about an interview this week. Um, technical difficulties, we're going to delay that a little bit, but you will be hearing an interview very, very soon. Don't you worry. Yeah, we will have that get back out to you, but we are going to delay that just a little bit. So you get to hear more of Nico and I and talk about the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and everything like that. But for everybody here at the far end of the bench, which is Nico and myself, Thank you guys for listening to episode 41. We will catch you next week. Peace. When the night is cold and lonely. This is a dollar bell.
Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them purses and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants again, to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. 